0: Welcome to Brand Agony. I'm Alan Black. Every episode we use the soothing power of Stronger Language to solve a problem for a troubled marketing professional. Today we're talking about how to use value propositions. As a quick aside, if you're not sure what a value proposition is, go ahead and pause this episode and listen to our other value proposition episode first. It's called Boost the Value of Your Value Proposition. That will give you a really good introduction, but if you want a really quick ready record on value propositions, here it goes. It is just a simple, promise of the value that your brand will deliver to the customer in this episode we're going to ask a really simple question how do i use this value proposition now that i've got it so to answer this thorniest of questions i'm joined by his finer collection of value prop pros as you'll ever meet black ads helen selby hello and Shan ross hi hello so on to this week's letter which comes from emily in york Dear Blackad, I'm the marketing lead at an interior design company. We recently established a value proposition, which we love. All of our teams are on board, but I've noticed that none of us really knows how to actually put it into place. How do I help our value proposition come to life? Yours, Bemused by Values, Emily. Well, thanks for your letter, Emily. Um, This is certainly a great topic to discuss because it's one we've heard quite a few clients uh, bring up in the past uh, when they come to us with a ready formed value proposition. Um, you can spend a whole heap of time and money understanding what it is you stand for as a brand and what your unique market offering is. But then you're not really sure of the best way to take that out to the market. So you need to make sure all the cool, clever stuff that your value proposition holds shines through in everything you do. And hopefully this chat uh, will give you some pointers on how how to do that. As ever, we'll tackle the situation in three steps. Diagnosis. Treatment and staying healthy. So, first off, the diagnosis for the um, by now customarily uh, horrifying rubber gloves. <clears throat> <sighs> um. So, Shan, let, let's have a diagnosis first. What are your initial thoughts on this one?
1: Okay um so Emily mentioned that all the different teams they love the value proposition which is great mm. um, but I think we need to go past that and get to the real question um, do they understand what to do with it and how they should use it all I mean by that is that to really get the most from a value proposition you need to get to know it inside out
0: yeah uh, so what you're saying is there's a there's a bit of a chance here that the teams although they like it and the, the, they're 100% behind it they they might not have fully figured what it actually means on a practical level. And that might sound a little bit patronizing, but I think that's what we're getting at. Is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly that, yeah. Okay. okay.
0: Um, so that feels like it definitely could be this year. H- Helen, if you get any thoughts about what might be happening here.
2: Yeah, I think just just to build on that a little, I wonder if these guys have a firm grip on why the value proposition needs to exist uh, in the first place. So believing in the value proposition is one thing, you know, and being on board with it. That's kind of the easy bit, if you like, especially if you know your brand well. But understanding why a market should care about your value proposition is the next level.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very true. The, the whole point of creating the value proposition is to define that promise of the value that you bring to your audience, which I kind of probably slightly inexpertly teed up at the beginning of the podcast. But yeah, that's that's kind of exactly it, Helen.
2: Yeah, and it, it can't just be a bunch of things that you believe in as a brand. It has to be a response to some sort of need. So mm. you, as a brand, need to know what that need is and make sure you're reminding customers that you're the ones who can fulfill it.
0: Okay, got it. Um, it sounds like what you're both alluding to here is that although the teams at Emily's company love the value prop and think it reflects the brands well, they might be lacking just a bit of confidence when it comes to knowing why it exists.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. I think it's, uh, there's a bit of an education piece to do here, really. Mm, yeah, agreed. Um, which I guess is what Emily's asking,
2: to be fair. Like, how do we give everyone the knowledge and the tools needed to confidently apply the value proposition?
0: It's almost as if we've created the perfect segue now to our <laughs> treatment room. So I'll uh, do the usual and uh, get the uh, the bottle out. There we go. <clears throat> Put that down there. Um, Shan. what do you reckon Emily's treatment options are for this one?
1: I think perhaps the value proposition needs to be a bit more prescriptive. Um, If it's not already, it should be really clearly explained. So chuck out the jargon, no fluffy definitions, and just make sure that it's a really clear overview of what you offer in real terms. And then after that, once you've got to that point, get people using it. So get it off the page and out into the wild. Give staff members a bit of a know-how guide, um, if that's appropriate, you know, of where and when to use it. Because the more they use it, that's when they'll start understanding it and what it means.
0: Yeah, it's really important because when we say that kind of sort of sort a great word staff I always think staff to me always thinks like a big bit of wood, but yeah, it's the team. Yeah, so the team's everybody. You know, it's everyone from the person that might greet you when you come into the business. Um, you know, at the front door. It's the salespeople. It's the support team. It's the accounts people that might help you if you've got a bill that you need to pay or that you've been accidentally sent. Or HR people. Everybody. Um, you know, everyone in the in the team.
1: Yeah, it's a huge range of people and, you know, that doesn't change the need to be consistent. Consistency is so important across everybody. So everyone needs to be singing from that same brand language document. Often the value proposition is built into your communication rather than being presented explicitly to your audience. Um, But we have had plenty of clients in the past who've decided to use the value proposition in their digital marketing as it is. Um, So that's something that we sometimes recommend Mm. um, because we've seen it done really successfully. So it could even be the main tagline on their homepage, for example.
0: Absolutely. It it can work really brilliantly. There there is definitely something about um, creating a really well thought through value proposition that gets you to the end of that process thinking, do you know, I can't see past that. That actually now feels like what we should be using in our customer facing material as the actual wording or... At least, it's maybe the underpinning of the wording. It's if it's done well, and you've you've worked hard at getting your value prop nailed down and making it really explicit what you stand for, and the language is really crisp and easy to understand, then you know, for many brands, that's that's the answer there. You know, use that or use a bit of it. Um, and there's something lovely about you know your value proposition being baked into, as you said, maybe your homepage or you know the side of a lorry or you know your brochures or whatever. Your team can see it being used. They understand what it is and it, it, it kind of comes to life a little bit more. They, they've, they've seen it used in anger.
1: Yeah, that's when you know you've got a good value proposition when you can, you know, just put it out there in the world. Um, essentially, your value proposition should offer two big benefits. So one, it should be a guiding light for everything you do.
0: Which is yeah, the possibly the big most important bit, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, but also it should give you a form of words that you can actually use on the page.
0: Yeah, that practical bit precisely okay so it's probably worth saying here that if this all sounds just touch abstract it's it, it can be now we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna kind of try and dress this up too much um, one of my kind of great fears is the thought of people listening to our podcast and then sort of feverishly googling away at you know how to do this um, how to create a value proposition for example how to use the value proposition and there's so much conflicting advice uh, advice out there in 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 search engine land that I would I would almost say to people, stop, go buy a book, or alternatively, um, go speak to your local neighbourhood content consultant and have them point you in the direction of some real examples, not the kind of a cooked up, reversed engineered things that you'll often see on how to do a value proposition type you know, articles on the interwebs. Because a lot of that stuff is just kind of figured out from looking at what a brand does and then trying to figure out what the value prop might be without actual access to the value prop. So something that's just worth bearing in mind, I would say go to a really good book on the subject or, you know, talk to an expert. Again, I, I make no apologies for um <clears throat> mentioning uh, that.
1: <laughs> Do you know any good experts? Mm. Uh, yes. So, Totally. It's really, it's, it's not as confusing as it can sometimes come across, um, but the recommended route will differ for every company and that's quite often um, the bit that you need advice from the experts on.
0: Yeah, at this point I will now switch off the big neon arrows above our heads for those that are watching <laughs> us on the imaginary uh, webcam and uh, I'll ask Helen, do you have any other thoughts on how we might help the client here?
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of the above. Um, and I think creating a messaging matrix would probably be a good shout too. So this is something that could sit within that same brand language document. Um, so like creating a messaging matrix is something we talked about in our other value proposition webinar episode. But So you can find out more if you go give that a listen. But in short, it's it's kind of just like a table containing example mm. headlines and pieces of copy that tie in with each one. And this all ties in nicely with the value proposition. So a bit like the value proposition itself, it's not quite as technical as it sounds. Um when done right, it's actually just a really simple tool that can make all your brand communication a lot easier. Um, so in Emily's case, I'd again I'd probably suggest that she works with a content consultancy to create one of those.
0: That's absolutely shameless. Helen, yeah. um
2: Yeah, just basically just just call <laughs> us. Um, oh, you know, she could she could arrange these sessions with her teams, um, you know, for them to get together and create the matrix together because it really just depends on what kind of skills they've got under the roof um, and as Emily's a marketing pro, you know, it might be something that she, she knows how to do and she can confidently lead herself
0: so, and, and that, that can be great um, totally. I, I think working together to get the creative, uh, to get creative with the language is a great place to to, to sort of get started and get a sense of using the value proposition. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've kind of set it out. Now, let's try and sort of use it again that, that expression, using it in anger, actually seeing how it works in the wild. Yeah. And it can be a bit hard to do that if it's not something you're doing every couple of weeks, like you know a consultant would.
2: Yeah, totally. Um... That's the thing. But I I think, you know, however you tackle it, the key is just to get as many people from the business as possible involved, which is something we talked about earlier, but it's about involving people from all levels. That's the real key. So whether you have one big workshop or whether you need to hold several for, for different teams, um, all roles just need to get stuck in because as Shan said as well
0: consistency is vital yeah one day i will need to get to that uh, brand agony um my facilitation hell um you know a question where we help a listener yeah. with uh figuring out all that stuff because that that's a whole kind of fascinating thing about you know how you deal with those big numbers when you need to bring in quite a few different uh, True. people from the business and there's loads of clever ways of doing that so uh, that's that's a topic for another day so um i'm gonna wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying there um it's Sounds like we are definitely ready for stage three today. I'm going to take the uh, the heart podium. So, uh, if you wouldn't mind no snarky comments, please, folks. Oh,
2: nicely done.
1: Thank
0: you. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to dive straight back in because I don't think there are. There, there, there's no way. There's no point in you know embellishing that anymore. Um, Sean, <laughs> um, let's say that Emily has this nice brand language document all nailed down with the stellar value proposition and the absolutely on-point messaging matrix. How can she keep that all nice and healthy in the long term?
1: Um, somebody needs to be responsible for monitoring how the value proposition is communicated all the way across the company so as marketing lead actually this could be a job for emily Um, and it sounds like she's on the ball with this already because she's already started noticing that things aren't quite right but she needs to make that an official responsibility so not just sort of um picking up things that aren't quite right but just making a proactive effort to keep an eye on everything and make sure everything's okay so um you know, make sure everybody knows what their value proposition is, they understand it, how to use it, have they got the resources to do that, and then just keep on monitoring that.
0: Mm. And what if it was still not being used properly, despite everyone, I suppose, being on board, everyone having goodwill, uh, and everything having everyone having the, the tools they need, What what next?
1: Just talk to your team, I think. It doesn't have to be about you know, peeking over people's shoulders all the time and, uh, you know, wagging a finger at them if the value proposition isn't, you know, entirely... That that
0: is where I've been going wrong then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. Um,
1: It's more about offering support, um, listening to their feedback, keeping things adaptable.
0: Keeping things adaptable, listening to feedback. I'm just taking some notes from my next session that I run. It's fine. Um, Feedback is a really good thing to raise, I reckon. I think it's it's so important how you deliver that feedback and I suppose encourage people.
1: Yeah, because you never know. Someone might point out something that's actually Mm -hmm. a flaw with the value proposition. Um, You know, maybe they don't think it's authentic um, and it's important to listen to what your team has to say about that rather than just dismissing it because they... Understand the customer better than anyone.
0: Yeah, that that thing about authenticity. I'm just going to quickly pause on that. Um, and that's something that that Helen and I are going to be addressing in a in an upcoming webinar uh, around about you know essentially how how the world has moved on in the last five or six months, and you know how you can adapt your messaging to to fit that. So that idea of what might have been great five months ago not just because of covid but you know it could be for lots of different reasons uh it could be to do with a new product that you're offering it could be to do with a competitor coming in and disrupting the market all sorts of different things um although your brand should say true the brand does need to adapt to the real world uh so yeah absolutely is it unauthentic anymore is it a true reflection of what the client get the customer gets from us good questions to ask so um Shan, thanks for kind of bringing that one up because I think that's super important. It's got to adapt. Um, Helen, from your perspective, um, do you have any tips for this value prop staying uh, nice and trim and healthy?
2: Yeah, there's not too much debate in this episode, I'm afraid, because I'm mm. really just going to sort of build on what you have
0: I, I do like a really nice but a snidey kind of like, you know, that kind know, of, yeah, oh, like, okay. No, no, no. You know, it's, it's not going to happen. Because,
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I just think it's really important to listen to feedback as well because a great value proposition really needs to adapt to a changing market. Um, so I think Emily and her colleagues can stay healthy by just talking often about what they think is and isn't working about the value proposition. And um, you know, They shouldn't just grab the brand language document and run. They should keep analysing the way that they're using it, share tips with each other, um, and just be vocal if any issues do come up.
0: Yeah, it's the classic one, isn't it? This idea of communication um, as a real recurring theme. Yeah. It is the leitmotif, I believe, uh, of, of Black Ads podcasts. Um, yeah. When we come to the staying healthy portion, it's something that we, we talk about a lot. Um, and we talk mm-hmm. about it a lot, not because we've run out of ideas, but because it's really important
2: yeah totally i think so many issues come up just from people not speaking up and sharing ideas and even just saying when they would like a bit more training on something um but i do think it's up to people in roles like emily's to create an environment where people feel comfortable enough to speak up you know that kind of needs to be there so i'm
0: just taking another note here not creating a (laughs) culture of (laughs) fear okay right okay right excellent Right. Noted. Worried. Noted. Uh, good stuff. Emily, I hope that gives you a few pointers on how to kick your value proposition into gear and onto the page. For me, the main one is use it as a touchstone. Um, ask, does the content you produce support the value proposition or does it perhaps undermine it or perhaps undermining it even just by straying from it just a little bit and, and not kind of Underpinning the points we're trying to land with the value prop. That's why it's so important that your value proposition is nice and clear and simple to begin with. Otherwise, it can be just too darn hard to decide what's right and what's wrong when you come to writing. So, Emily, over to you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon using stronger language to cure another listener's brand agony. For more on brand language, messaging, content training, and tone of voice, Visit blackad.co.uk